When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dare to Self-Care. I'm Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast, where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self-care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our community. It is me. It's Jen, your host. I am feeling uppity today. I'm feeling in a great mood which is a nice change from the past month. I feel like we've had four episodes so far before this one, and I've been just stressed, 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 stressed. I feel like that's all I've spoken about. So it feels really good to just feel really good. I feel really good about February. I think that in January, I was super stressed about so much, so many things, including, you know, launching this podcast. I wasn't only adding the podcast to my plate, but I was adding more YouTube onto my plate with this podcast. So, little housekeeping update. I feel really good about this decision. We are no longer going to be putting these episodes on YouTube, at least not like every week. This is a podcast platform only podcast. And I'm super excited about that. I feel like there's something really vulnerable about not having to worry about the camera, not having to speak to the camera, and just one person or two people on the mic, like letting it all out, which, I mean, you'll hear about in this episode too. We speak a lot about that, how getting on the mic is really therapeutic and how there's different forms of communication and therapy for everyone. Anyway, I feel really good about that decision. I really do. I feel back to being lit up. I feel also I'm caught up on my content on YouTube. As you know, I kept losing footage. It was just a mess of a January. I'm caught up. I'm re-inspired, reinvigorated, and I just feel really good about February. So excited to be in good spirits for this episode for you guys. And let's jump into what was in alignment and out of alignment for me this week. So what was in alignment was journaling. I have never journaled before. That's a lie. I've been doing the five-minute journal for two years, but I've never done, you know, the free writing or journal prompts outside of the five-minute journal. Like, five-minute journal is quick prompts. You don't even write a full sentence in there. I've never done full-on journaling before. Maybe once in a while. Like, when I went to Thailand with my boyfriend, In December, we were on the beach and I ended up journaling about the whole trip, but on the regular, I've really never journaled before. So this episode, I recorded it last week and it actually inspired me to try out journaling. And I'm having another guest on here named Sophia. I want to say her, you pronounce it, Anamato, and she has journaling prompts on her Instagram. So both of these people, Case and Sophia, have inspired me to just try it out. And I just ordered a blank notebook from Bando, my favorite notebooks. And it came in a week ago and I just started journaling. And it has been such a gift. Like, I love journaling. I can't believe I'm saying that. 
I don't follow really any prompts. I do Sophia's prompts, actually. I did that like twice. But I found that just writing how I was feeling, things that happened, I was coming up with epiphanies about how I was feeling that I didn't even realize. Like I would speak about something, I'd be like, I don't know, it's giving me anxiety. And then I, I keep writing and I figure it out. And I figure something else out. And it's really therapeutic and super fun too. Like some days I'll be super into writing out a bunch of mantras also or writing out, you know, at night I'd be like, I just feel like I have to write out my schedule for the morning and I'll write out like my morning routine and things like that in addition to just free writing how I was feeling and what happened that day or whatever it is, I'm just having fun with it. And it's such a fun way to just like check in with yourself. One night this week, I was trying not to do any work and I caught up on all my TV. I didn't feel like starting a new show. I finished my book that night and it was like eight o'clock. I finished my book. I was like, all right, what now? So I take out the journal and I just started writing for a while. I never wanted to stop. My hands started hurting and I did like different things. I, I wrote, I did the normal journaling, which was just like writing out whatever I felt like writing. And then I started making up my own journal prompts, like what makes you happy? Things like that. And I just had a lot of fun with it. And journaling might just be my new thing. I'm really loving it right now. So that was in alignment for me this week for sure. And what was out of alignment for me this week was my morning routine. I just have to say, I'm so glad that what's out of alignment for me this week is not overwhelm, stress, like everything it's been. This is so refreshing that it's an entirely new issue. (laughs) My morning routine was a little, you know, not what it's been. All of January, I had the same morning routine every single day. And a few things contributed to that this week. One, I'm trying intermittent fasting. And I'm I really want to give a trigger warning right now. If the word fasting triggers you, I totally get it. I think there's also a misunderstanding of what fasting is. It's really just stopping eating at 8 p.m., which is good for my, really great for my stomach. And then not eating till 12 p.m., which is the harder part for sure for me. But it's funny because I was talking to my mom about it and she's like, that's so funny. It'd be so easy for me not to eat until 12. It's the after 8 p.m. that's harder for me. So just interesting how everyone's different. Everyone's habits are different. For me, I'm like, oh, I'll just eat, finish dinner by eight and I'll have a really nice cup of tea or my Beam Dream drink blend that I told you guys about that makes me pass out. I'll have that with some hot water. It feels like hot cocoa, like easy peasy. Anyway, the reason I'm trying it is because I've been reading up on, or I have to give Ethan credit or he'll yell at me. He's been telling me for a while that it's probably really great for my gut and IBS and I'm running out of options here people so I decided to give it a try his mom is a health coach and I was talking to her about it which made me feel better because she's actually a professional and she was like I actually think it'd be great for you and your stomach so I was like all right here we go we'll give it a try so that messed with my morning routine a bit because I like didn't want to drink coffee before my meditation or too early because I didn't want to get shaky from having coffee and no food. My coffee wasn't as enjoyable because I couldn't really put milk in it. I put a dollop in because dollop, that's a funny word. I put a dollop in because I was like, I really can't drink black coffee. I ended up putting, trying it with like a dollop, some coconut oil, some turmeric, some cinnamon, but it just wasn't as enjoyable as my morning coffee usually feels. Also, I had a presentation on Friday morning, or not Friday morning, it was at like 1 p.m. on Friday, but 
I slept weird because I was anticipating the presentation. I felt like I couldn't really unwind and work out in the morning because I had to prep. And then the day before that, I actually had plans with my friends, which was super in alignment for me this week. I caught up with two of my best friends. I have not seen any friends in 2021. That is crazy. I'm so grateful my parents are vaccinated. They got the first vaccine, so... I'm feeling like I can loosen up a bit because in a few weeks they'll have the second vaccine and, you know, I'll just not really see them for the next two weeks. Easy peasy. So I felt super safe to see two of my best friends. They've been super safe. So we just hung out in the apartment and that was really, really so amazing to hang out with them. It just, it's always lit me up. I've wrote, I've written it in my journal before, like the things that make me happy are my relationships, my friendships, being able to just unplug, unwind and catch up with my best friends is like my favorite thing to do. So that was so great. But because I haven't really like left my apartment to have plans in a while, I went to sleep later. Like my, just my morning routine has been off. So that was out of alignment for me this week between my presentation intermittent fasting it really threw me off didn't know what to do with my coffee I usually have like you know a nice nourishing bowl of oatmeal in the morning I love cooking it that's a part of my morning routine before I finally open up my emails for the morning like that is a really lovely part of my morning routine that I didn't have so I just felt super thrown off this week but I'm grateful that that was what was out of alignment for me this week that is an okay problem to have trying new things. I saw my friend. It threw me off. Whatever. We'll figure it out. Little intermittent fasting update though. So I haven't done it the past two days just because last night my food delivery came after eight. So nothing I can do about that. Oh my god. I ordered a personal thin crust pizza pie from Marinara Pizza and a side of chicken cutlet and a side of vodka sauce. So I was dipping the pizza and the chicken cutlet and vodka sauce and I had red wine. It was the best Friday night I've ever had, okay? Best Friday night I've had to myself in a long time. But I ate a lot of that really late. So today, it's already 12, so I'm trying to hold out for just another hour since I probably stopped eating at like 9. Actually, that's a lie. I totally had some cookies right before bed because I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to hold out as long as I can here because the two days that I did it, I felt really great. I think I, so I'm going to attribute that to the nighttime portion. Stopping my meals by eight and having tea at night really was great for my stomach. That's great for IBS. Not eating too late, making sure I'm drinking tea. That always makes me feel really good. It helps things, I don't know, it just like helps my stomach a lot. Also, it threw me off because I take sun fiber every morning for my IBS and I just truly just didn't know what to do in terms of intermittent fasting. I was just really thrown off with all of it this week. I'm still learning. So the nighttime part of it was great in terms of bloating and whatnot, like stopping eating early. But of course, I felt super faint by 12. I was really starving. But I think that's just an adjustment thing. I'm not saying I'm going to do this every single day clearly because I didn't the last two days because things come up. Food gets delivered late, but when it is in my control and I'm cooking, like I cooked the entire week until I had plans with my friends and then last night, I cooked every single meal. So it was was in my control completely and I was able to do it. It's easy when you have work meetings and stuff. And like today I recorded, I was on another person's podcast, Making Sense of Success. It was really great. That killed an hour. This is killing some time. So it's pretty easy to do in that regard and coffee holds you over, but... Not gonna lie, I'm fucking starving right now. (laughs) 
definitely starving, but I think it's worth it. My boyfriend's energy levels are out of this world. He just operates at just such optimal capacity, and I, I strive to be more like that. So I'm hoping that, you know, this intermittent fasting thing will help my stomach. And if it doesn't, then I don't have to do it. But I will try anything at this point. So it's really not that big of a deal. I always thought it was this crazy huge thing, but it's just like I usually eat at 930. It's literally waiting two more hours to eat. Like, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> so I'm trying to do it. And it's going well, I guess. I don't know. It threw me off. I'm feeling really dizzy right now because now it's 1210 and I haven't eaten yet. Let's drink some coffee. I'm just going to eat after this. But I was definitely drinking wine until like 1030. So I don't know how this works. But it's all about getting my body adjusted. Even if I don't get, you know, the full fasting benefits today. I'm getting my body adjusted to eating later in the morning. So that's just as important to me. I think when I eat a big meal first thing in the morning, like it just sets my gut up. I need to give my stomach a break. So that's that's my main intentions with this. But we're going to breathe in what was in alignment for us this week. And out what was out of alignment for us this week. <sighs> okay. We will get this morning routine down. Whatever was out of alignment for you this week, I just... I'm sending out good prayers to you. I hope it's nothing too traumatic, too crazy. And if it is, we'll get through it together by reflecting every week. So I also want to let you guys know that I'm going to be doing solo podcast episodes monthly or just like every once in a while, whatever whatever works with the, this schedule of this podcast. But I am brainstorming some solo episode topics. So if there's anything you guys want me to talk about, definitely DM me on the Dare to Self-Care pod. I'm going to do a little poll on the Instagram stories this week to see, you know, which topic you'd rather me talk about first. So you can head over there, check it out, participate. And I want to make sure that I'm talking to the topics that you guys really want to hear from me about. So that's that on that. Let's get into today's episode, which is with Case Kenny. I, you guys, I am obsessed with this episode. There is so much value in here. And I know I always say that because I will always make sure that there's value in every single episode. But what I do every single week before I record this is I listen to the episode back. I write down all the topics we talk about. I pull quotes for, you know, to promote on Instagram and just to be able to really speak to it in this intro. I can't tell you how many quotes I wrote down. I Usually I'm like, finding a few good tidbits here and there where I can quote them and whatnot. But there are so many gems in here, like so many different quotes. I I don't even know where to start with the promo on Instagram because it's going to be really hard to just choose a few things. But Case Kenny, he's a Chicago-based writer, podcaster, and a recording artist behind the new Mindset Journal. So he refers to himself a ton as a dude bro guy because he says that he's not an expert. He gets described as a dating expert a lot, but he says he's not any more enlightened than the average person. But what he does have is a hunger and drive to become the best person he can. So because he's not necessarily an expert or a guru, he's just a super relatable guy who happens to be more and view life more simply and optimistically than the average person. We can all take so much value from him and just also find him super relatable. He creates his own journal. He is the podcast host of New Mindset Who Dis, which are 20 minute really digestible episodes on a different topic each week where he shifts his perspective. He shifts your mindset and 
people say they really stumble upon them and find so much value out of it when they're going through a breakup. So if you want to hear more about relationships and breakups and things like that, head over to his podcast. And we touch a number of topics in this episode. So we talk about how he started the podcast and how he started it really as a challenge to himself as a way to sort of bounce back and find his own identity after losing his identity in his relationship, which we definitely dive into, just like healthy relationships, losing your identity in your relationship, being independent people outside of your relationship, which also, you know, we go into breakups and closure after a breakup. Do we ever really find closure after a breakup? Acceptance, coping mechanisms, and mindset shifts after a breakup. And then also self-care. We talk about how there's infinite amount of ways to, you know, practice self-care and different forms of meditation. For him, he loves dance music meditations. I'll let him talk about that. The different forms of therapy and self-care, you know, from writing it out versus talking it out, different communication styles, optimism, living in your purpose. We just touch on so many important topics. And I love that this is the first episode that really touches the importance of relationships on this podcast. And I, I hope that I can bring more of that to this podcast. Let me know in the Dare to Self Care pod DMs if this, is some, if this is a topic you want me to keep, you know, bringing on people to talk about. All right, so without further ado, Case Kenny, everyone. Hello, Case. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. So there is so much I want to dive into with you, so much I want to talk about, but we have to start, of course, with your top self-care tip. So what is your top self-care tip that has played a role in your success? Ooh, uh, I mean, there's a lot. Um, I would say most of them are like mindset driven, but I think as far as like actual, like actionable things, I feel, I like am so bought into the power of music and I know that can be like hit or miss with people, but like. Um, I don't have my headphones in right now, but I like I have my AirPods in like 24/7. I'm always listening to music, and I, like it has the ability to like instantly boost my mood. I think you just got to know what kind of music does that for you. So I'm like totally bought into the the power of music to be a mindset enhancer or get you out of a funk. So I'd say that's probably like my go-to. Yeah, I love that. I feel like that happens for me when I play music. But I don't do it enough. Like you feel that energy shift depending on what type of music you're listening to. You can get inspired, you can get relaxed. Like it really has the power to just totally change your mood and your energy. So I love that tip. Okay, so, so much I want to talk to you about. But let's start with just like how you even got here. Are you a full-time podcaster now? It depends on when this is being released, but more or less. I've been, oh. I've been doing this quote full-time for a, a long time I still do some consulting on the side for some engagements I've had for a long time um, but yeah I mean this is it this is my 24-7 gig my income amazing so have you when growing up or even in the past like 10 years or since you've sort of joined the workforce was that something you were aspiring to do work for yourself like it was entrepreneurship always something that you saw for yourself or is it something you fell into yeah, not really. I kind of fell into it. I mean, I come from a pretty traditional family, mom, lawyer, dad, consultant. My brother's a doctor. I went to, went to college with the intent of becoming a, a career corporate person. Um, yeah, no, I kind of fell into it, to be honest. I was never like that kid who was like selling lemonade or anything like that, honestly. <laughs> but like 
in my like mid late 20s i started to be like kind of get this inkling that there's things that i could and should do on my own and like impact that i could make that's outside of what i was doing for a career um so i definitely fell into it but honestly it wasn't until like the past i would say 3 years to be honest that i i figured out what that would be so i had no intention ever really of being an entrepreneur much less any intention of being a podcaster um or anything like that. I always wanted to be a writer for sure. Like my my mom's a writer and I always wanted to kind of follow in in that step. Um but mm-hmm. I didn't really understand how I could do that for a living and, you know, it being a writer in 2020 versus, you know, the 80s is so different. There's so many different ways to make a living. So I kind of just figured it out the past couple of years. Yeah, so it sounds like you always wanted to be a creative in some sense but didn't know how. Yeah. So, okay, you were working full time were you consulting? Is that what you said? Um, no, I was working in advertising at the time. I worked at a okay. bunch of ad, ad, ad agencies in Chicago. Okay, cool. So then as you were there, you decided to start podcasting. So what was like the trigger that made you want to start podcasting? Were you an avid podcast listener yourself or you just jumped into it? Yeah, I really don't listen to podcasts, which is like the most weird, like hypocritical thing that people ask me all the time. Like I really don't listen to podcasts. Like um, <laughs> more of a YouTube guy. I, I will watch a podcast mm-hmm. rather than listen to podcasts. If I'm listening to something, it's going to be like house music. It's weird. Um, so yeah, so that I know I never would. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have certain tendencies. It's like all house all day. It's kind of annoying. Yeah, so it wasn't like I was like, oh, I really want to be like that podcaster. That was never the vibe, really. Started podcasting as I would say as a challenge to myself. So three years ago, started the podcast. Mm-hmm. I was in a relationship for a long time. Hopped out of that relationship. I was like, who is Case? what's going on. I was like, what is a more challenging way to challenge my creative side than just writing online? Because I've been writing online forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been writing in some capacity forever. And it's, it's very easy to write, but kind of like hide behind your words and not really mean it. But I was like, what's a more vulnerable state to kind of create content? And I was like, I'll, I'll start podcasting. So I, I did. And that kind of started this trajectory. And, you know, I got lucky. I mean, I remember my first month, like the podcast just popped off independent podcast there I got I remember it's weird I remember certain numbers 56,000 downloads my first month which really isn't a lot in the big scheme of things but for a new independent non-network podcaster it's a lot and then things just kept you know super grateful to continue that trajectory but yeah I just I just started it in uh, June yeah. 2018 and uh, kind of just went from there so this is actually something I wanted to talk about that you just brought up in terms of Form of communication and therapy. So two parts to this. One, do you feel like your podcast, since you are talking about mindset shifts and it's just you and the mic, you're not interviewing anyone. It's like you, you're getting your thoughts out there. Has it turned into a sense of therapy? I, absolutely. I mean, it's. I always say that the podcast is as much for me as it is for the people that listen to it. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of podcasters approach content creation from a perspective of what do people want to hear today? And I think, of course, that's the right way to create content. You need to create content that's valuable for an audience. And as my business has evolved, I've become acutely aware of that fact. You got to build. You've got to continue to deliver what is needed and what is triggering. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like I always say, like the podcast is for me. Like when I sit down and I spend 20 minutes talking about a topic and I'm analyzing my life experiences that back up my points of view, like it's, it's self-therapy. It's, it's for me. So in that sense, yeah, very much so. Like it's super helpful for me to go into these topics and take the time to like think about them and detail them out and then turn around and offer what I think are conclusions that are helpful to other people. 
Yeah, I completely relate to that. So in the intro, I always do what is in alignment for me this week and what was out of alignment for me this week. And I also go to therapy. And I just find that like all of these ways that I'm speaking out my feelings, first of all, I always have some sort of epiphany. I always come to some sort of conclusion. And just like talking it out is so, that's like my form of communication. It's always verbal. And it sounds like you were always more of a writing guy. So is this like a new form of communication for you? Are you are you a journaling guy? Yeah. So I, I definitely evolved. I've definitely grown. Like now I'm a, I'm a talker. Like I'll, I'll talk your face off and I will share my feelings <laughs> all day, which is a big departure from how I used to be. So very much grown mm-hmm. to this. Still a writer at heart. I mean, my whole business for the way that I make money is I sell journals. I've developed a bunch of different journal concepts and I sell them. Um, so I, I really believe in the power of speaking your thoughts and your feelings and your intentions, as well as writing them down. And journaling fits the, the latter half of that. So very bought into anything that forces you to get your thoughts out of your brain in, in some capacity. Yeah, I love that because I feel like anyone who has grown up saying that they're a writer or identifying as a writer of some sort sort of hides behind their writing. So I yeah, like that yeah. you took the challenge to start yeah, to start like speaking it out and now you've you've just come into a totally new way of learning about yourself and letting out your feelings and I think that's something I'm trying to do, do is start getting into journaling. I'm not a writer at all. I'm a speaker. I'm a talker, as I mentioned. So yeah. I think, yeah, so I think it's cool to like dabble in different things because you never know what could end up being the most therapeutic or place of growth for you. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone responds different. I mean, I'm sure there's other mediums like I'm trying to think like art, like you could express yourself through art through dance, uh, through um, video, mm-hmm. of course, like you could record your selfie. Yeah. I don't know, you could take selfies, who knows? Like there's so many different ways. You just got to <laughs> experiment it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's my favorite part of this podcast because every time I ask uh, everyone's favorite self-care tip, it's always something different. And I think it's so interesting to find all the different ways that people express themselves and take care of themselves because there's really an infinite amount of ways. You don't just have to sit in a silent meditation for 10 minutes. Mm. Which, Thanks for have saying you, that. Yeah. Do you meditate? So, yeah. So I love that. Yeah, because there's so there's no right way to practice self care. There's no right way to practice mindfulness. We live in an era where everyone's on board meant positive mental health, right? Everyone loves it. It's such mm-hmm. a, it's a buzzword. Everyone's oh my gosh, mental health day. Yeah. Love it. Uh, and I think that's that's amazing. Um, but then we kind of complicate things where it's like, oh, well, mental health means journaling. It means meditation. It means therapy. Like those are all great things, but they're not for everyone. You need to find your own unique way mm-hmm. regarding your question about meditation. So I'm not very good at classic meditation. Like I'm, I'm pretty ADD. I get distracted easily for me to sit down Same. and try to clear, yeah, clear my head and do those exercises. It, I can do it. It's just not as effective as what I've discovered, which is something else that I um, kind of built my brand on, which I, I create these things called dance music guided meditations where I uh, I'm a music producer as well, but I team up with DJs and producers and we create dance music guided meditation. So I've done them with Griffin and Sam Felt and working on ones with Alesso and Kygo and folks like that, like big names in music. And again, probably reflective of the enthusiasm for mental health, but it's basically the idea of bringing together upbeat, energizing music with peaceful mindfulness related audio tracks. Um, And I love these because personally, if I think of a time or context where I feel super vulnerable and real and honest, which is what meditation provides you. It's when I'm listening to the right music. Back back to your initial question. Mm-hmm. It's like when I listen to the right music, 
I feel super open. Like I, I've never written a single book, passage, tweet without listening to certain music. Like nothing comes out of me unless really? I'm listening to the right music. Yeah, it's weird. I need that trigger. So I, I've combined that no, with- I love that. Yeah, so I love it. I love doing those. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I need to check those out. I also think there's something to like working from home right now where you need to change the vibe somehow. Like I'm a big candle girl. So like right when it hits six o'clock, lights are off, candles are on. Like I need to feel like I'm in a different zone. So it sounds like that's sort of what music does for you too. And also I do love the fact that like meditation isn't supposed to be some sort of chore. Like I think bringing something that you love, like upbeat music makes you excited to do it. And self-care is supposed to make you feel good. Like being one with yourself is supposed to feel good. It's not supposed to be a chore. So that's, I love that concept that you came up with that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I really enjoy them. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, meditation, there's so many different ways to slice and dice meditation, but traditionally it's a format of calming everything down and staying still. And I think there's value there, but I think there's more value in, you know, ratcheting things up and moving. So like most of mine are meant yeah. to be like you work out to them, you walk to them, you run to them, you pace to them. Like, I, I don't know, I just feel, I feel much more open when I'm, I'm doing as opposed to sitting and I feel that pressure to your point of like, oh, I need to come to some, you know, epiphany here. I need, I need something where all, all, all meditation is, all mindfulness is, is self-awareness. So how can you push yourself mm-hmm. to be more self-aware? Well, it's different to everyone. Some it's through podcasting, some it's yeah. through writing, some it's through journaling, some it's through dancing, some it's through meditation. So it's, it's just mm-hmm. depends on yourself. Yeah. I love that because it's also getting the energy and tension out of your body. Like for me, to your point of like sometimes just sitting there and being stagnant isn't always beneficial. When I am most inspired, it's when I'm moving my body, I'm doing a workout or yoga or going for a walk. Like, that's when I find myself unintentionally stopping in my tracks and like writing down an idea or something that just comes to me. Like I'm not brainstorming when I sit in my apartment all day and feel super lethargic and I'm just like stagnant. I feel like everything's just stuck. Like I can't really come up with any inspiration or motivation or anything unless I'm moving my body. So that also brings me to something I want to ask you, which was, you so every week you you come to the mic and you have a different mindset you have a topic that you talk about and you share a way to sort of shift your perspective right so where do you find the inspiration for each week is it like i said it's during my workout is it people that are reaching out to you and dming you is it something happening in your own life uh, I'd say it's a combination of all those. I mean, I do get a lot of DMs, so I, I get a lot of inspiration there. Um, if something of note happens in my life, I will reference that as a kind of a catalyst for the idea. But I also, I, to your point, I just I have like a ton of notes. Anytime I see something cool, I'll screenshot it, write it down. Um, but if I'm feeling particularly uninspired, usually what I'll do is I'll just hop on Instagram or I'll go to like Thought Catalog or something like that, mm-hmm. and I'll just see what other people are writing about. And you usually... I will be like, that's not what I think. And then I'll give my perspective on it. Or I'm like, that's pretty cool. Let me, let me take it further than that. So like super easy. I mean, you know, mindfulness is something that everyone talks about. It's super easy to get inspired and everyone's dropping inspirational quotes here and there. So I will take a look at some of those and be like, I don't agree with that. Here's what I think might be a more compelling 
point of view or this is really cool let me use this as a kickstart and let me talk about experiences in my life that have really cemented this because like the things that i talk mm-hmm. about aren't earth shattering like i was looking at some of my reviews mm-hmm. in the podcast this morning and it was like case talks about things that i know to be true but he you know delivers in a way that reminds me of them in a, in a simple way or whatever whatever it's like we're not we're not reinventing the wheel we're just we're just bringing them to light in, in a more relatable way and that's my whole focus is like i want to simplify mm-hmm. things I feel like I'm super, super simple in the way that I approach life and just things in general. And I think we sometimes we we way overcomplicate and overthink life. So my goal is to take any topic that comes to mind, whether it's one that I'm inspired to talk about or one that I'm reacting to. And I just want to simplify it down because that helps me and it helps other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So where does that come from? Was there like a big aha moment at one point where you had a huge mindset shift or a huge like you just thought of something so much differently than everyone everyone else that just led you to doing this every single week. Like, is there a big moment that stands out in your mind that changed your life, a different mindset? I don't think so. I, I Not really. I mean, I think that getting out of that relationship kind of was a transformative catalyst for change. Um, just because mm-hmm. I coming out of that, I was like, wow, my identity was so tied up in the relationship. My identity was also very tied up in my job at the time. So I was like, this is a great opportunity to really figure out who I am. But like, other than that, it's like, I've always been um, really optimistic and like positive in life. And I think sometimes previously I misconstrued that as being like emotionally numb. Like I could take anything that's thrown my way and like be fine with it and to an extent, cause I was always able to like spin things in a positive way. And lots of people were mm-hmm. like, you seem like a robot. Like how are you able to do that? And what I came to realize through starting the podcast and more writing is like, that's not the case at all. I just have this ability to be extremely hopeful and optimistic and self-aware. And I was like, this is kind of how I'm wired. How, why am I wired this way? Um, how am I living these truths? Because I think it's a gift. I think it's a gift that I've been given to be able to see mm-hmm. life through this lens. And I think it's helpful to share it. And, you know, the more I talk about these topics, I've done 200 and 60 episodes, I think, and I still run out of things to talk about. I've done two episodes every year, every week for three years, and I've never run out of things to talk about. So I think, yeah, I'm just inspired to do it. And I've, I've realized along the way, as it's impacting more and more people, it's that, you know, my goal is to empower people to realize that there's no one alone in pretty much any thought or experience they might be having. And, you know, that kind of just continues to drive me to tap into um, what I think is my gift, which is the ability to distill down my my mindset, my like perspective. It must feel so great to just be living and working in your purpose. Like, do you just feel so much lighter knowing that what you do every day is actually helping people and you're actually utilizing the gifts that you have rather than following whatever we were brought up to believe, which is like, go to school, go to work, get the paycheck, go home. Who cares if you like your job or not? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely crazy. I mean, I'm the most people at like I'll hop on a Zoom call and everyone's like, how, how are you? I'm like, I'm fabulous. And everyone's like, that sounds sarcastic. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm literally fabulous. They're like, fuck like, you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, I wasn't trying to be like, I wasn't being cynical or sarcastic. I'm serious. I am. I'm yeah. fabulous. I'm fantastic. Uh, I mean, I, I have nothing to complain about. How can I have anything to complain about when I'm doing everything you just described? And it is weird. I mean, I'm like 
living in La La Land. Like everyone is so nice to me and supportive <laughs> of me and business has just blown up this year. It's just crazy. So, I mean, I'm so, so grateful to have the ability to do it and I, I take it seriously and I, I, I really do believe it's a responsibility once, you know, I've hit this level to continue to do it and be true to myself. And, you know, I, I always say and kind of joke that, I hate it when people introduce me on you know interviews or shows. It's like, oh, this is Case Kenny. He's a dating expert, a mindfulness expert. I hate that term. Um, yeah. I have nothing against experts. I have nothing against life coaches. You're just you. I, yeah. And I have no desire to ever be an expert or coach. I don't want that at all. I just want to be a dude. I call myself a dude bro guy because I am. I'm going to go do an arm workout and listen to house music and eat Chipotle right after this. And like that's my vibe and it always has been and always will be. So... I will continue to do that. But yeah, I'm, my, my gratitude is off the charts. Um, and it's, you know, to the ability to help people and have people like tell me how I've helped them. It's really, really, really cool. Yeah, but that's why people love it. Like, I almost feel like people turn to experts for guidance and for some sort of answer. But they either leave feeling disappointed, inspired for a day, or like they just can't grasp whatever concept that expert or guru is talking about where you're just a guy in a mic who's living the same experiences as everyone else and you just think of it a little more simple and you're just more optimistic than the majority of people. And I think that's why a huge a trend that I'm seeing is that people find your podcast when they're going through a breakup. Have you heard that a lot? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a common theme. <laughs> I, I swoop in where people are at their lows in their life, apparently, but yeah. 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 I've heard that, that it's like, oh, I heard about his podcast when I was going through this breakup, <laughs> which is funny, but it's something that you said earlier that struck me was you lost your identity in your relationship, which is something that I feel like happens to a ton of people, like almost everyone. And yeah. I'm curious, I want to talk about what you believe, like healthy mindset equals healthy relationship. Like what is your definition of a healthy relationship? Because everyone's definition is different. I know mine. I can talk a little bit about it in a bit too because every person is different. Everyone has different needs and some people want to just have someone, some people just feel alone and they want someone 24-7 and that's sort of when you, sometimes it leads to losing your identity and I also think sometimes just not being aligned in what you, what you define as a healthy relationship does lead to an eventual breakup. So what is, what is your definition of a healthy relationship for you? Ooh, that's a good one. I've never actually been asked that direct question. I so I would say <laughs> that I mean I write about all aspects of relationships. It's like all I do. So I think I mean I think a, a healthy relationship, of course, is one that's driven by understanding. Talk a lot about the difference between love and understanding, and I think understanding mm -hmm. is essential. So I, I would throw that out there as as a broad statement. But I think more within that is I I do this whole bit on the, the two keys to a partner, but I think these are also the two keys to a healthy relationship. And I even wrote a book on the idea. It's this idea of um, a relationship where both people have what I call Kanye attitude and Drake feelings. So I think every relationship needs to have two people who are uh, driven by something, AKA attitude, that's driven by a mission, a purpose, a hunger for more, a hunger, a curiosity and enthusiasm, something that just drives them for more, right? I think that's so important. And then the Drake feelings part is feelings, vulnerability, emotions, the ability to talk about past, 
baggage, not just ignore it, the ability to talk about current disappointment, not just ignore it, um, and the ability to be enthusiastic about understanding the other person. I think when you combine those two things and both people have those uh, current characteristics or an enthusiasm to develop them in the future, I think that is key. I think a relationship where both people aren't driven by something that's outside of the relationship, that's where you come up with, with problems, right? You, you need to have a life outside of your relationship. You need to be driven by something. It doesn't mean that you need to be, have some weird passion to do this, that, or other, some hobby or some you know, creative outlet or anything like that. It could literally just be an, a, a curiosity for more to discover. And then the whole idea of uh, you know, vulnerability and feelings, of course, is if you're not willing to talk about the things that make you feel less or vulnerable or insecure, like those are going to bubble up at some point. So my first, that, that would be my first pass at that question. I'd say those, those two things um, represented in some form between both people, that's a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay, you took the words out of my mouth with the having a passion and purpose outside of your relationship. So, little personal anecdote, me and my boyfriend, or my boyfriend and I, have been together for nine years since high school, never wow. broke up. It's, wow. it's very rare, yeah. And I'm not just saying this as a facade, like we have a very healthy, communicative relationship. And I attribute that, one, as you're saying about like past experiences, we've grown up together, so like... We have an understanding for each other in the sense that anything that's happened in our past, we sort of lived through it together. So like we just have a deeper understanding of each other. But the main thing for me that I believe makes a healthy relationship, like I could never be with someone who doesn't have an outside motivator outside of the relationship and outside of work if work is not something they're passionate about. Because mm-hmm. I think two people... First of all, the worst relationships are the ones where they're together 24-7, have nothing else going for them, and then they realize this relationship isn't going to work, and now FML, I hate my life, miserable, like that's just down the rabbit hole. But I think having him, so I have my own, I'm a dreamer, so I could never be with someone who doesn't cheer me on and allow me to live my purpose without making me feel any guilt or shame. Like so often I see people They're either out to dinner, like a guy, let's say, is out to dinner with his friends and the girlfriend's getting annoyed that either he didn't invite her or he didn't, he's not answering her texts. It's like the classic case, right, of she doesn't have anything outside of the relationship, so she's burdening him. So I think the idea of a healthy relationship to me in a nutshell is living your own lives independent of each other and being able to come together at the end of the day and like cheer each other on encourage each other, support each other, and genuinely like be excited for each other's wins that are outside of your relationship. So when you said that, that completely resonated with me because that's like my philosophy on relationships. I think it's totally fine if you don't know what your passion is yet or you don't have a hobby yet, but having someone who will support you in even just like not feeling like hanging out tonight and just spending time by yourself, like that's okay. That doesn't need to be offensive you need to be independent of each other so I think people get confused with like a relationship means you're one person and one being you need to have you need to be separate beings and come together in the end yeah that's no, I love that yeah <laughs> for sure mic drop yeah no that's great I mean I never really liked the whole the whole quote or theme that's like you know um your your person completes you um yeah it, it should be too complete people coming together to create a new connection like 
in my mind. It's not mm-hmm. like two incomplete people coming together and then being completed as such. I don't know. You can get lost in the nuance of language there, but I feel like, yeah, yeah <laughs> you, you've got to be independent. You're going to drive yourself insane if you're not. And there, I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of times people are like, well, I don't have any hobbies. I'm boring. You know, I, I was like, it, no, we're not talking about literal. We're talking about, are you curious about the world? Like, do you want to just like mm-hmm. learn more, experience more? Like everyone can have that ability. Yeah. You should compliment each other, I think is what you were trying to get at. Yeah, exactly. You're too... Yeah, you don't complete each other, you complement each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so I feel like, as we said before, breakups are something that brings people to your podcast. Nice. What is, is there like a constant theme? I'm sure your DMs are flooded with people that just feel like they can vent to you or ask you for advice or whatever it is. Is there like a constant theme or struggle that is always coming up in the DMs that everyone can probably relate to and doesn't realize that everyone experiences it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I feel like a lot of the times it seems to be, yeah, I mean, everyone's looking for closure after a breakup. Like everyone can react to it different. Everyone can feel the victim or, um, or, you know, whatever it may be. Like there's many, you know, Mm -hmm. contexts for that. I feel like a theme that I see is people are struggling, struggling to find closure. Like they just can't, they can't get over it. They can't get over the disrespect. They can't get over how sudden it happened. They can't get over how shocking it was. They can't get over how disappointing it was and and so on and so forth. Um, So I think common theme is this need for closure. And I talk a lot about closure Mm -hmm. and kind of the, the reframing of, going from I need to find closure, I need to, um, you know, uh, get on the same page with my ex so we can move forward together. We need to have one more conversation. I need, um, you know, their, you know, to understand where they're coming from and so on and so forth. Basically, this idea that Mm -hmm. you're finding closure through your ex, whereas I really don't think that's realistic. I think that you create your own closure yourself, which in and of itself is definitely a cliche. But my whole thing is that, like, coming out of a breakup, at least immediately, um, closure is not a team sport. Like it is not you and your ex. It is you and you alone. Eventually. Yeah. You could, I mean, it's not like you need to like forever not talk to your ex, but closure mm-hmm. is, is something that is, seems so binary. It's like you either have it or you don't. And I think a lot of people struggle with that because life isn't that black and white. You could look, I could look back at any relationship I was in and it's like, yeah, I'm definitely over all of them, but I could still look back mm-hmm. and be like, man, you know, that, that was tough or whatever. So I think we need to replace this idea of finding closure with creating closure, but more so than closure, let's, rep- let's like replace the word closure with a word like peace and acceptance. Because the reality of life is there's going to be many, many times, particularly more egregious in relationships where you don't get the answer you deserve. You don't get a concluding chapter to that story. You have loose ends, sloppy endings, no conclusions, all these kinds of things. And it's human nature to fight against that. And we pour a lot of energy and compassion and time into trying to, you know, find closure to avoid those things. But I think the reality of life is we'd be much happier and more fulfilled with accepting that sometimes we don't get the answer we want. Sometimes there simply aren't reasons. Sometimes things just happen. And I know it's a really tough pill for people to swallow, but when those are the two realities that you can choose, one where you're fighting and you're fighting and you're fighting and you're trying to find something that might not be here now, versus accepting what happened and moving on. And eventually, you'll come to an answer. You know why it had to happen that way. I think that saves a lot of people time. So I, I talk a lot about that. Um, and it seems to be helpful to people because, I mean, we're, we're hardwired humans and we want answers. We want predictability. We want black and white. But the reality of life is clearly it's anything but that. So I talk a lot about that and, you know, just mentalities towards 
um, moving on and things like that. Yeah, I mean, it's also, it's not just with breakups in general. It's that idea of stop looking for external, whether it's validation or closure or whatever it is, like stop looking for it from other people, from other things in life, from your boss, whoever it is, and start just like everyone needs to just rely on themselves. It's easier said than done. Like it's really so much easier to just wait for someone else to fix things for you. It's so much harder to do the work and find strength from within. So, I mean, I'll take another moment to just shout out therapy. I, if you if you need someone to coach you through that, that's one thing. But to look for or to look to someone else to sort of fix fix things for you, like that last conversation you have, if you do end up having that one more conversation for closure, chances are you still don't feel that sense of closure because there's no like tie ribbon on it. There's no zipper to like close the the yeah. jacket or whatever. It's you got to look within and find your own coping mechanisms. Yeah. I mean, I think the whole the whole <laughs> idea of having one last conversation and things like that, I'm not opposed to that, but it, it seems like a very passive practice to me. Like, without kind of recognizing it when when your mentality is okay one last conversation get on the same page so i can have peace and i'm going to move on what you're really doing is you're saying you're essentially asking for his or her permission to move on you're being like okay as long as he says these things and we're on the right page then i can move on um and that's not an overt you're not overtly saying that but that's really what you're doing and i'm not opposed to having those conversations i think that's healthy but i think maybe pump the brakes on it wait a month or two and then do it create that for yourself first and then you could loop back um, and have those kinds of conversations. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's cliche to say that you know the answers are inside of you, but you, you've got to you've got to come to you've, you, it's true, yeah. and you've you've got to find a way yeah. to recognize that that power that you have. If you're waiting for other people to give you permission to think a certain way or move past certain roadblocks, I think you're not you're doing a disservice to yourself. You have the ability to do that, and you don't need to wait for someone else's permission to act on it. Mm-hmm. And only you can control your life. Only you can create or co-create your own life. You can't, no one else has the power to take a hold of your emotions. Obviously it happens, but it's on us to figure out our own coping mechanisms and way to take, ways to take care of ourselves, which is sort of the essence of this whole podcast. But for, I guess, breakup coping mechanisms, how did you was it the podcast I think you mentioned but like what were your sort of because breakups it is grief you're grieving a relationship you might be grieving not talking to someone every day who you've spoken to every single day for however long like it correlates with grief completely so what are some coping mechanisms that you have seen whether it's listeners or whoever work for them that people can maybe try out rather than sitting depressed in bed for a year which is the it's sort of like the easy way to go but how how can people feel better what are some coping mechanisms that you've seen (sighs) yeah so it's tough I mean there's a lot of different things I think for one we shouldn't do the thing where we try to like turn ourselves against our ex like I am not a proponent of talking poorly about exes no matter how bad it ended I think it's weird that we do this thing where you know, amazing times, amazing times, amazing times, break up. Okay, I hate everything about you and I hate everything we ever had together. It's just, right, it's like weird. you loved them at one point yeah. for a reason. And you, can, and you can still appreciate that. And I think that's really important. Like it's, it is totally backwards to try to practice gratitude amidst the breakup, but I think it's essential. So that's one. Point two is I think it's also power in, in realizing that people play a different role in your life at different times for different reasons. Like not everyone is meant to be in your life forever. And obviously that's a very tough 
uh, realization in the midst of a breakup, but if you can get past that a little bit, you put a little bit of time between you and the breakup, you're gonna realize that. Some people are in your life for one reason and one reason only. It could be to teach you something about yourself. It could be to teach you something very specific about yourself. Uh, it could be to teach you some universal truth about life, I think. So it's important to realize that just because something ended doesn't mean that it didn't serve a purpose for you. And that's a very self-centered mentality to have, but you need to learn things in life. And sometimes the delivery mechanism of that is someone else. That's point two. I think point three would also be, it's like on this idea of gratitude, coming out of a, of a breakup, I think for me, it's like I always consider everything on like a linear line from like where I am today versus like some ambiguous point in the future. It's like this breakup sucked, like the breakup is bad, it hurts um, and so on and so forth. But I think there's value in understanding that, okay, it happened and today is day one of healing. Like I would much rather have day one of healing be today versus a month from now versus two years from now. So like, it's a weird thing to say is like, I'm glad the relationship ended today versus tomorrow because today means I can start healing. Today is day one. And the great thing about like breakups is, I'm sure there's some exceptions, but I've never seen someone, I personally have never experienced a breakup where I didn't grow from it in some way, whether that was my, my standards increased, my sense of self-worth increased, my vision for what I deserve and want increased. I think it's impossible to get out of a breakup and not grow in some way. And that starts on day one. So there's a sense of gratitude to be had that today is day one, not tomorrow, but today. And that's a great thing to have. If you know that a relate, if you are some omniscient being and you're just observing your life in the third person, you know that a relationship is destined to end, that that person has served their purpose. I'm glad it happened today versus a year from now, because now I have this whole year to heal and I'm guaranteed to grow. It's like a, it's like a two for one guarantee, some kind of deal. Like I know I'm going to grow. So, I mean, these are all just like mentalities to have and much easier said than done. But I think they offer me a lot of peace and they offer me this yeah. ability to kind of put myself in my shoes in the future, knowing who I'm going to progress to be and the lessons I'm going to take with me. So I don't know. Th those seem to be helpful to people when I talk a lot about them. I love the idea of instead of saying, oh, no, this is day one of my life without them. Oh, no, this is day one of the worst year of my life or whatever it is of saying this is day one of healing. I think yeah. that is so impactful, even just writing it down in your journal or speaking it out like just to convince yourself like you can convince yourself of anything if you say it enough times like why do you think pathological liars exist if you say something enough times not that healing not that it's false that it's day one of healing but just in general changing your mindset you can change your mindset just with practice you don't have to believe it on day one but to keep repeating it and practicing it, practicing gratitude, you're one step closer to healing. So I absolutely love that. I think it's making sense why everyone listens to your podcast when they're going through a breakup. And now I'm curious, what's going to happen when you find yourself a partner? Like, what's going <laughs> yeah, to happen to your content? I know. Right? I don't know. No one's going to listen anymore. I don't know. We'll figure, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> It'll be more about like how to, how to fight with your partner. It's going to be yeah. a whole new yeah, chapter. Yeah, there you go. I'll just, I'll just I'm excited. Yeah, a new genre of, you know, yeah. <laughs> we'll figure yeah. it out. I'm so excited for that. Okay, yeah. well, we are nearing the end. So we're going to do the ending segment, which is fun facts and favorites. So I'll start with this. What is a book or another resource that has changed your life that you would recommend other people consume? Ooh, 
I read a lot of random books that aren't necessarily related to mindfulness. Let me think. There's a really interesting book I read a while back. It's called uh, Many Lives, Many Masters, which is totally out of my comfort zone. It's actually about like the, the belief in, in previous lives. Um, this, this doctor who has all this perspective and it's really, really cool. Um, really interesting. It might like shake you up a little bit, but I really liked it because it basically, the, the takeaway is that we carry trauma with us until we find a way to let go of it, whether that's we're talking spiritual afterlife or whether we're just talking Mm -hmm. about our current life. And I I just found that really powerful. This idea of carrying trauma, insecurity, doubt with us until we sit down and address it. So that's all mindfulness is all mindfulness is self-awareness and then acting on it. So I always enjoyed that book. It's interesting. Yeah. I've I've never heard of that book. I'm going to have to look into it. Yeah. Um, my favorite question to ask people, what would be your last meal on earth? (laughs) (laughs) I think it uh, says well, a lot about a person. <laughs> well, shoot. Well, I, I, uh, I'm a child <laughs> at heart, so it's, it'd probably be meatloaf, <laughs> uh, which is a weird answer. Not the meatloaf. Not the meatloaf. <laughs> yeah, meatloaf. <laughs> that is the best answer so far. Okay. Um, actually, the, my last guest said mashed potatoes, so I feel like those work oh, together really well. They pair well. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, favorite small business right now? favorite small business right now um well other than my my own which i'm biased i'm biased towards small business uh trying to think of small i don't know i have have some friends who have started some very successful businesses one of my buddies started the morning brew which is a email company it's not a brick and mortar company um but they're killing Mm -hmm. it and they're no longer small but it's been so cool to watch their journey i remember talking to them four years ago like about the concept and then they just sold it for 75 million dollars <laughs> so cool oh my god wait yeah. i work in pr and i've pitched them before to put yeah. our stories in the morning brew i'm very familiar yeah that's yeah, amazing alex, alex and uh, austin yeah. are good guys yeah yeah everyone should subscribe okay yeah. what is your favorite <laughs> instagram account to follow oh man i'm on the spot here uh my favorite Instagram account. Let me take a look here. What do I follow? I do. I follow lots of like <laughs> random quote accounts because that's how I get a lot of inspo. Um, My favorite. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's a good. Question. I don't okay, know. That's we have all question. day. <laughs> here, let's see. <laughs> so funny. The holistic psychologist is good. She creates a lot of great content. Oh, um, great one. Yeah, she's she's pretty well known. Yeah, let's let's land on that. Otherwise, I mean, I'd be embarrassed to show you some of the like the stupid meme accounts I follow, because um, I'm also again I'm a child. So let's let's land it on you that. You have one. to yeah. shout one out. You have yeah. to shout one out. One of the meme ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, what was one I had earlier? It's called like a, uh, an, it's called Nugget, like a chicken nugget. <laughs> Got like great memes. Of course. It's just, it's just at at Nugget. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, I'll have to check out Nugget. Okay, can you shout out where everyone can find you, your journals, your meditations, all of it? Yeah, sure. It's just, it's just case.kenny on Instagram. All my links are there. The podcast is called New Mindset Who Dis, newmindsethoodis.com. I got all the journals, all the links, everything. But Instagram is usually the, the center of the earth for all the things that I'm creating. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I think there's so much value in here 
for really anyone going through absolutely anything. So thank you so much and we will talk soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Course. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I would so appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you don't miss another insightful episode. You can also engage with the community on the Dare to Self Care podcast Instagram, so definitely join us all there. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.